before swinging into the world of superheroes, speaking with the incredible hosts of the Women of Marvel podcast, Ellie Pyle and Preeti Chibber. This season, the Women of Marvel podcast takes on a new character-centered approach, with this week's episode being a special deep dive into one of my personal favorites, Spider-Gwen, the drum-beating, ballet-shoot-kicking, web-slinging sensation that is Gwen Stacy from Earth-65. So whether you're a seasoned fan of the Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider comics, or are just a fan of hers from across the Spider-Verse, the Women of Marvel podcast's latest episode is tailor-made specially for you. We speak with Ellie and Preeti all about the podcast changes, and get to know them a little bit regarding their careers at Marvel thus far. So anyways, check this one out if you want to listen to their story, and more importantly, if you're really into Spider-Gwen as much as I am. Thwip thwip, web web, Gwenny Tingle. Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. This is another episode of Monomythic slash The Work Prince Podcast. This is going to be a dual release. Uh, I'm your host, Christian, and with me today are two very special guests. To start, could you introduce yourselves for anyone listening? Sure. My name is Preeti Chipper. I am the new co-host for this season of Women of Marvel, the podcast. I am also a Marvel writer. Um, my book, Spider-Man's Bad Connection, just came out like two weeks ago. Woo! Which is very exciting. Um, I'm Ellie Pyle. I guess I'm the old co-host of <laughs> Women of Marvel. I've been classic. Doing this. The classic. There we go. Classic. The classic. I've been doing this since about 2020. And I am an executive director of digital content at Marvel. I am also a comic book editor, which is both where I started my Marvel career and uh, a lot of what I'm working on now. And I am working in the Spider office, including on our girl Spider-Gwen. Woo! I'm excited to hear more about that. But yeah, thank you both for being here and for doing this. To kick off, I wanted to ask specific questions for each of you, if you don't mind. Ellie. A couple years ago, I interviewed Jay Holtham about Marvel's Wastelanders Hawkeye, and then just a few months ago, I actually spoke with my friend Clay McLeod Chapman, who had many wonderful things to say about you. What I found interesting is that both came from like a playwriting experience in New York City. From what I gather, you also came from that. Can you, can you share a little bit about those days and how it coincided with your uh, career at Marvel? Absolutely. Um, so yes, I am. I am also a playwright, and in fact, I have known Clay McLeod Chapman uh, since I was fifteen. We went through the same young playwrights program uh, in Virginia. He was actually one of my teachers because he was in college at the time that I was going through the program. Um, so I've known Clay for forever, and I met Jay actually out here in Los Angeles. Um, I run a bi-coastal new play development company, and Jay is one of the writers that I've worked with through that. But I've been a playwright since I was 15 and have, you know, done productions, readings, all sorts of things. But readings are really a passion of mine. I love it's it's I guess it's at least partially the editor in me that I love the new work development process and seeing a play get on its feet for the first time and uh, just kind of seeing those words come alive in actors mouths, which, of course, was part of the skill set and passion that I got to bring to the fiction podcast that we worked on as well. The Wastelander series that you mentioned, which were amazing. I love listening to each one of them. Um, oh, thank you so much. 
Yeah, totally. I, I, I love I've, so far, like the, those series and then the podcast themselves have been great. So, yeah, it's been great talking to some of the people behind the teams and stuff over the years. So love love the work you do. Pretty. You are no stranger to Spider-Man. You just mentioned <laughs> that you've just released your sequel to the uh, Spider-Man middle grade books and Bad Connection. What's it like writing within the Spider-Verse? Uh, it's amazing. He, I mean, all the spider people are incredible. And of course, Peter Parker is one that I heavily identified with when I was a kid, as so many of us did, because he is a human disaster. And I think we can relate to that. Um, and so it's wild. It's, it's, and I'm sure Ellie can also relate to this, of this idea that we are a part of this world where these characters have, you know, 60 years of history mm -hmm. and we get to participate in that canon and exist in that canon is so special and sort of like mind blowing. Totally. I mean, it sounds like it's a lot of intimidation, but it's also a lot of fun. It's a playground per se, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. Follow up question to Preeti. Uh, what do you think are the biggest differences or challenges between writing like your series in particular for Spider-Man versus like a Gwen Stacy Spider uh, Ghost Spider comic? I think well, when my no my novels are prose, there's no illustration, mm -hmm. which is a unique experience when you're writing fight scenes with Spider-Man. There are so many ways you can visually show the way he fights. I have found there are a limited number of ways to say he shoots a web. So that was <laughs> that was a learning experience. Um, you say thwip. <laughs> you say thwip. But then your editor is like, you've said thwip 15 times on this page. It's a lot of thwips. <laughs> um, and then in terms of just Spider-Gwen is so much newer. I haven't written, I haven't written Gwen Stacy. Um, I feel like it would be a really exciting prospect. Just, just by sheer numbers, there's so much more space and so much more maybe like roads to unique and new places that she hasn't been before whereas where you're working with someone like peter parker even if it is a you know my version of him is current era he's 16 in today's world it's not the 616 universe he's been around for 60 years <laughs> and so just by virtue of that extensive history finding those points of new and interest are, you know, fewer and more far between, I think. Totally. I always found it really interesting seeing a writer's perspective in the different iterations. So appreciate that. All right. So let's talk about the podcast. I guess the podcast has taken an entirely new character-centered approach to some of the coolest women superheroes in Marvel Comics. Can you talk about your thoughts on the new format? Sure. Um, so first of all, I have to always shout out to the fact that I love that Preeti is here. We've had so <laughs> much fun. We've had so much fun. But this new format's really cool because it allows us to look at these characters from so many different angles. You know, we talk to writers, artists, actors who have worked on these characters, but also I love the science segments that Isabel's doing in every episode. And mm -hmm. I've gotten such great feedback on those from listeners. The fandom segments that we're doing, the fact that we give everyone reading lists. So if they're not as familiar with a character, they know where to start. It's been really cool to kind of see all those comprehensive angles that we come at characters from, whether they are, you know, your favorite character that you've been reading for, you know, 30 years, or whether it's someone that you know very little about. There's an entry point for everyone. 
Yeah, it's been interesting to see the touch points, maybe even just beyond the creative side, how these characters have impacted the real world. Um, I've mentioned this before, but on the Jean Grey episode, we have this great segment where we talk to a, a scientist about like actual telekinesis, which like, is really real cool. life, mm-hmm. right? It's wild. It's like, how do these sort of like the intersections of character and reality it, like work and it's so unfathomable how many different ways these characters can exist in the real world. It's so cool. Totally. And I I really love the new format. You've got really cool guests, really cool transitions, the production values through the roof, and it's a lot of fun learning. I love that it's such an ease of entry point for like new, new listeners and new readers, basically. You guys have really done a great job of presenting everything for a new fan to, to pick up, which is really awesome, in my opinion. And since you mentioned the production values, I need to give a shout out to our amazing producers, Zachary and Isabel, who just went above and beyond Mm -hmm. on, you know, the the concept and production values of everything for this season. They come in with and they're like, we have a new bit. It involves sound (laughs) effects. Just go with us. Just trust us. And they were always right. I know, and I love that the the first episode there was that bit of the history of Jean Grey, and it was just like it was it was great, it was really uh, compelling, and then you get little bits of information from from everything, which was really cool. Love the guests so far, and I've listened to every episode, which is really really awesome. Speaking of guests, who were some of your favorite guests this season so far? Oh come on, Preeti, you have an I answer. know, I know. It's it's. I mean, Iman Vilani is coming up, uh, which was wild, and one of those things are. Generally speaking, I'm like, I can handle this. I can be like a normal person while we're talking. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Threw it all out the window and I was just in my head being like, be cool. Don't be a weirdo while you're talking to her. (laughs) I love that because like that's exactly how Kamala would think in her head too. So I'm just, I love it. Yeah. I'm excited to read the the new run too that she's writing, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And I guess... For the production side again, what's sort of your process of working with the team in terms of like uh, getting the ideas out there, getting the guests on? Is there like a certain thing that you guys do in terms of like, all right, we're going to do this. And then is there like an idea board? How, how does it work? Um, so again, we are very spoiled by our amazing producers who do so much of that heavy lifting in terms of the actual tracking down of guests and the booking of everything and the scheduling of everything. We do get to kind of chip in with ideas, suggestions, um, and there were a few cases where because I am currently editing comic books, I was able to say, oh, Melissa Flores is going to be writing a new Spider-Gwen series. Why don't we get Melissa to come talk? Uh, She's also working on this Echo thing. Let's get her to talk about that. So, you know, there there were definitely opportunities to kind of use the knowledge that all of us bring from different corners of our experience with this job. Um, An old friend of mine who's a novelist joined us as our fandom correspondent, or not, our our resident fan. There we go. Those are the (laughs) words I want. Uh, Joined us as our resident fan for the Rogue episode, Cass Morris. Uh, So that was super fun that just, we were talking about, we were like, we need someone who really loves Rogue. And I was like, oh, I got you. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) Let's do this. And so that was that was really cool to kind of and it's also cool having worked in editorial to get a chance to talk to, you know, folks who I've worked with as writers or as artists, but haven't worked with in years or haven't talked to in years. And so it's always nice to kind of have that coming back together moment. 
I love the collaboration. That's all it's all about, honestly, in creating content. Love it. All right, so let's get to the fun part now. I was really excited to do this episode, particularly because of Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen. I'm a huge fan. To prep for this, I actually read all of the comics over, including the original run plus uh, Sean and McGuire's uh, new uh, Ghost Spider series. So in your opinion, what is it that makes Gwen such a standout character, especially as a spider person? I... I think it's that, I mean, with so many spider people, but Gwen, I think, highlights us of, like, that fallibility and the sort of, like, she tries so hard. And even when things are terrible and she's, you know, pulled between universes or or forced to contend with the result, maybe the, the not stellar results of her own actions, like, still manages to be the spider hero we know she can but it almost it's it's like with spider gwen it's almost like it's it's harder for her and that's why it hits harder for us like we can really feel what she's going through totally yeah and i think unlike peter parker gwen is a little bit cool just a mm-hmm. little bit yeah like, you <laughs> know. that's true <laughs> yeah. uh you know she still screws up and i think and i talk about this on the episode but i think gwen really starts with that costume design like yes. everything yeah. everything that came later we got to have a chance you know to do and to read because of that iconic costume design that just immediately put her on the map as her own thing and i love the uh, the symbiote spiders that was a really cool addition later on so one of the coolest things about spider gwen uh, ghost spider is the changes in the comics that ran parallel to Into the Spider-Verse in 2018, uh, ballet shoes, and the change in the name. Um, was there anything cool that you learned while talking with Sean and McGuire about her run on the uh, on the series? Going back through through the end. I know. It's been a minute. I know, sorry. Yeah, take your time. Feel free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also playing Ellie's, unlike Peter Parker, she's cool clip over and over and over in my head right now. Yeah. I'm not wrong. You're not, not wrong. wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was really cool to talk to Shauna and, and just kind of the era in which she had worked on Spider-Gwen. And I would actually say that, you know, the, the, the thing about your question is that these things have less influence on each other than we would think that, oh, okay. you know, cool. everybody's kind of working at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not as though because things were happening in the film, Shannon was then bringing those, you know, into her series. I think that it's um, just kind of a case of seeing that Gwen has such a strong core, you know, with the costume design, you know, with the fact that she's a drummer, um, and then the the inherent spider aspects of every every spider must lose someone they care about mm-hmm. and learn, you know, great power and great responsibility that, you know, once you kind of have that recipe, you then see how it expresses into all of these different forms. So in, you know, a, in multiple series, in Into the Spider-Verse, into Spider-Man and his amazing friends, that um, you kind of, you know, can have these little changes along the way that, you know, aren't that big a deal and, you know, can can come from a variety of different sources. Totally, yeah. All right, so I really liked Spider-Gwen Gwenverse, and I thought it was really cool that you got to talk to Jody Niji, Nijihama, I believe, is that how I pronounce mm-hmm. it? And, um, yeah, like, uh, it was really cool reading that series and seeing the different iterations of Gwen 
in in that um what was it like talking to jody and was there a particular i guess gwen verse uh iteration a different type of gwen that was one of your favorite characters because for me thor gwen was one of the coolest things i've ever read so, yeah um talking to jody is great i always love when we can have artists on the podcast as well because you know that is such an essential part of comics that I think we don't always talk about or think to talk about as much as we should because we're like, oh, writers will give us the words. But, you know, particularly in a series like Gwenverse where there were so many different designs uh, that Jody had to do and so many different approaches to this character, I'm really glad we got to bring her on to get that, get that perspective of how I'm always fascinated by the question of as you're going through all of these different expressions of a character, how do you keep them feeling like themselves? How do you keep that core that I was just talking about authentic across all these different expressions? And it's particularly fascinating to see someone do that within a single series. Cool. Any thoughts, Brady, or no? I wasn't a part of that interview. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. I just was like, I wasn't there. I, I agree with Ellie. I think it's fascinating when we get to bring artists on and sort of get an insight into how their mind works. Like I'm coming from the writer's side. And when I do a script for a comic, it's very much like trying to like get what I have in my head on the page, but also be like, but artists, like you are the one who can like actually visualize this and create something. So please like go to town and kind of seeing this isn't spider gwen but um corella borelli i just did like a gambit rogue miniseries for marvel infinity and there's this like i can't remember which issue issue it's in but there's this moment that they fall through a hole because i was like infinity comic they're gonna fall through a <laughs> hole like that's fun when you're uh, scrolling uh, totally and my my script was just basically like it's very alice in wonderland they're falling through this hole like different you know uh, positions etc and Corella Baroli had this great moment where, like, Gambit's sunglasses fly off his head that, like, I didn't put in there, but she just put it in there. And it's so perfect. And it's this, like, wonderful little moment. And so I think getting to have those conversations with artists on the podcast is, like, fascinating. Totally. I mean, it makes sense. And you get, a, you get to see, like, the process of what their thoughts are. And in particular, for Gwen... I really love that they incorporate ballet into her movements. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, either of you have a background in ballet <laughs> or music per se that you you want to share for any of our guests? I I think this <laughs> spoiler alert because we talk about it on the podcast <laughs> very briefly. I danced ballet for nine years. Oh wow! And then I made it to point, nice. and I made a choice where I was like, hmm, <laughs> high school or ballet, and I guess I'm gonna go with high school. And then I just stopped, which I regret. I regret it to this day because it's so, it's such like a wonderful like community and like things that you can do that I can no longer do at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did a little bit of ballet as a kid and then um, a lot of musical theater dance until about until I was in high school, uh, which I was never good at. But, you know, <laughs> um, the, the, this is the price of, of needing to stay in musical theater. Um, and but in terms of music background, I also don't have that to any great success, but I do have a drummer for a brother. So as soon as I go. got assigned as the Spider-Gwen editor, I 
was calling my brother and I was like, okay, there are things I need to know. How am I going to incorporate <laughs> this into things? You know, are there terms I need, you know, what? So that's, that's, that's been fun to kind of, <laughs> you know, think about how he thinks and have that kind of be my road into the way that, you know, Gwen's being a drummer is part of Gwen's essence. It's part of everything that she does. Totally. And I, I love the beats, the rhythm. And it's so cool seeing how they, they animate that on the uh, on the panel on the page. So, yeah, totally. Um, all right. Spider-Man 2 comes out next month as a video game. And it has both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. And it, I, my gaming contacts would be mad if I didn't ask, what are your thoughts on introducing Gwen into the video game? Like, if you could see her played out in a game, what would be some of the things to be looking forward to seeing? Yeah. I would die to right? see all. I love the Spider-Man game. Like I, I'm counting the days until the game comes out. Yeah. Like replaying the first one right now. The special moves we could get from Gwen, I think, would be so cool. Like there is in the Spider-Punk suit in the first game. One of the special moves is like the guitar, like riff thing. <sighs> and imagine that, but like drumming or like the the animation for her movement would be so different from Peter and Miles in mm -hmm. this like really exciting way. Like, yes, do it. Spider-Man 3. Gwen Stacy, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Ellie, any thoughts or yeah. uh yeah, no, just that it would it would be awesome. And in particular seeing how both the ballet influence on the movement and how how the drumming would be incorporated because I think that's one of the coolest things we can do with Marvel characters is, you know, how does their specific power set or skill set, and I do include drums as part of Gwen's power set in my brain. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, how how does that impact just their daily lives? You know, what, what makes this a Gwen spider story as opposed mm -hmm. to a Peter spider story or a Miles spider story? And so seeing the way in which they would gamify that would be, would be really super cool. And I'll also take a second to plug, uh, we have a um, an Infinity comic coming out on the Spider-Man Unlimited track coming up this fall that is a team up between 616 Spider-Man and video game Spider-Man. <gasps> Get out of uh, here! Oh, that's it's awesome! by Christos Gage and it is available uh, on Marvel Unlimited right now. Oh my god! I'm excited. I gotta check that out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on the podcast. I only have one question left and it's a big one. What's been your favorite thing uh, host about hosting the Women of Marvel podcast so far? And uh, what does it mean to you to be hosting such an important platform for women's voices in comics in particular? You weren't kidding. Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's a, but it's a, it's a nice one to, you know, end, end the interview on. But yeah. yeah. Um, I think that one of my favorite things is just clearly Ellie and I are both huge fans. Like in addition to working and, and being employed by Marvel, we're also just like big nerds and have a long history with the characters that this this company has put out. And so getting to sort of talk to people who participated in our childhoods in a way that like <laughs> they didn't even know. You know, we talked to a lot of the uh, X-Men, the animated series. Yeah. Which was awesome. Creators. Yeah. And that was mind blowing. Cause you're like, you don't even know 
that you shaped a significant part of like who I am and the way I think about story. And so like that was, I think, one of my my favorite things. And then I'll let Ellie go before <laughs> while I think about the other big question. <laughs> sure, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, being able to, particularly with this new format that we're doing, getting these little slices of, you know, me as a an 11 year old Marvel fan, me as a 20 something Marvel editor getting to touch back in on, you know, the fact that I was I was in the office when Gwen was first introduced, you know, that I, I got to kind of touch on some of that stuff a little bit. And, you know, so it's just, it's this constant time travel of, you know, and then we're talking about stuff I'm working on now. And as um, Preeti said, you know, it is this amazing way to kind of re-engage with our inner fan and with how much, you know, these characters and these stories mean to people and how much we all just love talking about what makes this character who they are and why do we love these characters so much? Because, you know, as much as we have the fun jobs, we get to, you know, play with these toys all day, you know, they're still jobs. There's still moments when they feel like jobs. And so <laughs> then being able to come to this part of the job and really engage with that spirit of what we love about all of this with other people who love this so much. And as I'm sure you can tell from listening to it, the show was just so much fun to make. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was there was no way to to walk out of one of our sessions, you know, in in a bad headspace. Uh, I was almost crying when we finished one of our X-Men the Animated Series interviews, but that was just because I had gotten so in touch with the magnitude <laughs> of how this had impacted my life and career. So it was the good kind of crying. Um, but, and in terms of Women of Marvel, you know, as 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 a concept, as a thing, it has been such a huge part of my Marvel experience from the very beginning. I've told this story a thousand times, but my first Marvel panel was a Women of Marvel panel where Janine Schaefer pulled me out of the audience as an assistant editor and was like, what are you doing down there? You're part of this. You're part of us. You know, come sit up here. And, you know, that that's that's really the spirit that I've kind of tried to bring to this, you know, ever since that we're all we're all part of this. We should all, you know, get to talk about the things that we love and make visible how many women there are working on these characters, on these things in so many different ways, whether it's in making Marvel products or even just engaging in the fandom community. We, we talked to a bunch of cosplayers, which I always love. I feel like a character has not been truly successful until they have been cosplayed. So I think that it's just, it's, it's, it's a really incredible experience to have this level of access to all of these different types of fandom that we get to engage with and hear about. And it's amazing. Uh, I think that was a really good answer. That was. <laughs> and so I don't really have any, I think Ellie, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the combination of like the privilege of participating, but also making sure that we are shining a light on how many people it takes and how many people are impacted by these like incredible female characters. Totally. Um, thank you both for such a heartfelt answer. Where can people follow you and the podcast online? 
the podcast, I think, is available wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Women of Marvel, it's 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 on there. And then I am basically far too much on the internet everywhere, <laughs> including like Blue Sky, Instagram, all that nonsense, uh, at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. And you can find my books at com. And I am at Ellie Pyle on Instagram and X and uh, Preeti just gave me a blue sky code. So I don't know <laughs> who I'm going to be, be there yet, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, and you can also follow, there is a women of Marvel Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. So you can look there for updates and our producer, Isabel Robertson does a really good job of sending out Instagrams every week when our new episodes drop on Wednesdays. Very nice. All right. Well, thank you both for doing this and for giving me the time. Um, I'm going to hit stop on the recording real quick.